I just want to make a declaration before we get started and just let the enemy know that um, the Lord's will will be accomplished in this room tonight and his word will go forth according to his good and perfect will. He shall have his way here in this room tonight. Um, some of you might remember in the summer of 2020 when we were just learning about COVID and we were just going through that process and we were being separated and divided out and we were told to stay home and we were told to put on our masks and that sort of thing. We were just learning how to navigate our way through that. Um, I did a devotion here and talked to you about the year of 5780 on the Jewish calendar. It was a word describing the prophetic meaning of 5780, and we discovered that on the Jewish calendar, we had just crossed over into the decade of the mouth. And just to give you a quick, brief overview, overview, we talked about how the enemy wanted to silence the voice of the church by covering our mouths with masks, in the spirit and in the natural. And, and we talked about how it was time for the bride of Christ to find her voice again, and how it was time for the bride of Christ to rise up and let her voice be made known. We've been silent in the church for too long. Well, every September, according to the Jewish calendar, a new year begins. And this year, the new year began September the 15th. So what that means is we have just again crossed over into Rosh Hashanah. Some of you may know what that means. It's the Hebrew calendar. It's God's calendar. And now we have entered into the new Hebrew year, which is 5784. And you might try to do the math and think that that doesn't add up, but it does. Because according to the Jewish calendar, it goes from September to September. And if Steve will go ahead and put that up, let's take a look at this here real quick. This is going to probably be more of a teaching devotion, and I hope that you walk away blessed with some fresh new information. Uh, what you're looking at up here on the screen are the first four letters of the Jewish or the Hebrew alphabet. In the English language, we would read these letters from left to right. But the alphabet in Hebrew is always read from right to left. So from your right to the left, we have the first four Hebrew letters of the alphabet. So the one that looks like a jacked up X, that is named Aleph. And then if you move on to the right, the second letter is Bet. We talked about that in 2020. The third is Gimel and the fourth is Dalit. What I want you to notice is the fourth letter in the alphabet. It's the one that looks like a backwards seven or a half T. It's pronounced Dalit, D-A-L-E-T. And you might be saying, well, what does that mean to you? What does that have to do with you and me? Well, I'm glad you asked because we're fixing to find out. There are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, and each Hebrew letter has a corresponding number. So Aleph, the first one of the alphabet, would be one, Bet would be two, Gimel would be three, and Dalit would be four, and you get the picture, so on and so on. So before we go any further, let me just remind you that numbers have no power. Numbers have no authority over you. A number cannot dictate if you're good or if you're bad or if you're blessed or if you're cursed. They're simply units of measure. While it's true that there's no power in numbers, it's also true there's absolute power in the word of God. And there are patterns in God's word. 
And it's, um, there are patterns in the gospel that we need to pay attention to. These patterns are there so that you and I might understand better the mysteries of the gospel, okay? The word of God tells us in Hebrews, it says that the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. There's power in God's word and numbers are a valuable part of that. You cannot separate his word from numerical symbol. God is a God of perfect order. And when he uses numbers to speak, there's incredible power in it. So moving on, looking at the year 5784, which is the year that we just entered into, the number five is the number of grace. So we're gonna take a look at these here real quick. The word, the way that you would pronounce the number five in Hebrew is hey. Grace is the basis for Christian faith. We believe here in the church of God and most people do, that we are saved by faith through grace. Grace cannot be earned. It's something that is freely given to you and I. We count on God's grace and the bridge that he built in our relationship with him. Grace is typically known as unmerited favor, but it's much more than that. Grace gives us the ability to overcome. We're given the authority of Christ to conquer any situation that the enemy would use against us to cause us to stumble or to take us out. And we know that that is his ultimate goal because the word tells us that he has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said that I have come to give you life that you may have an abundant life. He didn't come just so that we would live. He came to give us an abundant life that our lives would be fulfilled through him. Jesus has given us the ability to overcome all things through grace. We often use that word without really understanding what it means. Many times when you see grace, you see the number of five stamped all over it. And one example that we can see in the word is uh, the evidence of this is through the power of the cross. His body was pierced in five places, both of his hands, both of his feet, and through his side. That's grace. Ephesians 2 and 8 says, for by, for by grace you have been saved through faith and not that of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Salvation is not something that we can earn. It is a gift that is freely given to you and I through the acts of the cross. Jesus overcame the cross and the grave at Calvary and those of us who abide in him also have the promise that we too can overcome because of his grace. Another example that we can see in the word of God, God established his covenant with Abraham by five sacrifices. He used a bull, a sheep, a goat, a dove, and a pigeon. Again, Israel came out of Egypt ranked in fives, proving that it was God's power that brought them out. Can I tell you tonight that there's no bondage that God's grace can't bring you out of? David picked up five smooth stones when coming against Goliath, preaching that it was by God's grace that he would defeat the giant. Again, grace is the power to overcome every enemy. The number seven represents and indicates perfection or completion. God established a pattern with the number seven from the very beginning of creation. Creation was completed in seven days. The rainbow has seven colors. There are seven feasts of the Lord. There were 70 elders under Moses. There are seven continents on the earth and seven mountains, seven major summits of the earth. There's one on each continent. And these are just a few examples. And if you need more, I can give you more. And then we're gonna take a quick look at the number eight. The number eight represents a new beginning. In the new beginning, 
with Noah, there were eight people on the ark. Noah, his wife, their three sons, and their, and, and their wives. We know the world was destroyed by a flood, and then there was a new beginning on the earth. There are eight things that the Lord gives us through his new covenant, a new beginning. A new covenant is a new beginning. The word of God tells us that these are the eight things he gives us. He gives us a new song. He gives us a new name. He gives us a new heart and a new spirit, a new tongue, a new commandment. He gives us a new heaven and a new earth. And then we're going to move on to number four. And this is where we're going to focus. We've already established that the modern Hebrew name for this letter is Dalit, and it means door. Doors represent places of transition. I'm going to try to slow down a little bit because I don't want you to miss this. Doors represent places of transition. The threshold of the door marks the ending of one thing and the beginning of another. When you open a door, you're splitting the atmosphere to step into the next room. When you left that foyer out there, you left that atmosphere and you came into here. You crossed over a threshold. There's a different atmosphere. And I believe that the Lord is saying that as we enter in to 5784, we're stepping from one realm to the next. It's a door that's an invitation. It's a door that's an invitation to opportunity. We need to be able to discern the difference between a God door and a devil door. The devil cannot create doors, but he can create illusions of doors. There is a way that seems right to a man, but the end of that path is destruction. When Abraham told Lot, he said, pick any place you want. You know where Lot picked? He picked Sodom and Gomorrah. Why did he pick Sodom and Gomorrah? Because it was appealing to the eye. He picked Sodom and Gomorrah because he saw opportunity there. It was fertile land. It had a river. It had commerce. It had money and it had wealth. Lot picked that and Abraham went to the plains where there was nothing. And we all know how that turned out. What happens is Sodom and Gomorrah gets destroyed. Lot loses his wife, and she turns into a pillar of salt, along with several other things that we're not going to talk about here tonight because of time. But let me just tell you that what seems right to you might not be the God door. What seems right to you might not be the path that the Lord would have you to take. There's going to be doors of opportunity, but we've got to have discernment to recognize which ones of those doors are God doors and which ones are devil doors. We're going to have to keep our spiritual senses sharpened and be prepared to say no to some things because just as important as your yes is, so is your no. Because when the devil puts a decoy door in front of you, the real door is just around the corner. The door of the threshold is also an invitation to revelation. Matthew 7, 7 says, ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. Revelation means that when you read the word of God, you ask what it means and he will tell you. Revelation means, and we've talked about this many times, revelation means that your eyes are open to something that you didn't know. Your ears hear things that you didn't hear before. It is an invitation to revelation. We're looking for an answer. We seek for it and we're going to find it. 
It's a door that's an invitation to intimacy. Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. He didn't say, if you don't open the door, eventually I'm going to come in. He didn't say, if you don't open the door, I'm going to huff and puff and blow your door down. He said, open. He said, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone, anyone being you, being me, being man, woman, boy, girl. If anyone hears my voice and opens, I will come in. It's an invitation of intimacy open to any man, any woman, any child. It's an invitation of intimacy that's open to you and I here today and tonight. It means that I have left... It means I may have been left out my whole life, but God has swung this door wide open to me. He has included me. You may have been left out. You may have been unwanted. You may have been unincluded, but God has swung a door wide open to you, and he says, oh, son, oh, daughter, come. Intimacy doesn't happen out of obligation. Intimacy doesn't happen out of obligation. That would be prostitution. Intimacy is a result of affection. Intimacy is, is a result of adoration. We can be intimate with the Lord because we love him, because we adore him. We are affectionate with him. If you open the door to the knocking of Jesus, he'll come in. Jesus wanted you to believe it so bad and so much that he said, I am the door. I am the way. The door is an open invitation to salvation and provision. John 10 and 9 said, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Those same loved ones that you couldn't get through to, he's saying, look for me in this year of Dalit. I'm going to swing the door open of salvation. I'm reminded of when the Hebrews took the blood of a spotless lamb and painted it on the doorpost of their homes. And when the angel of death passed their firstborn sons didn't die. On that day, God was thinking about the day that his own son, the spotless lamb, Jesus Christ, would die on the cross to redeem all of mankind. When those Hebrews put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost of their house, God saw the blood of the spotless lamb on the top and on the sides, and then he remembered how could God remember something that didn't even happen yet? Because he has already seen the future. He has already been in the future. He has already been in our future. He's been in our past. He's in our present. And he has already been in our future. He's everywhere all the time. He knew then what was going to happen. The Bible calls Jesus the Lamb of God who was slain from the foundations of the earth. Even though it hadn't happened yet, God knew it was coming. God already had a plan for you and me back then. Jesus was the plan. Jesus has always been the plan. He has always been the intention. A door provides a way to and from something. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. It's interesting to me that God said, put the blood on the door, and here we are now entering into the year of the door. He could have said, put the blood on the roof. He could have said, put it in the driveway. Put it on your fence. Put it over your bed. Put it on your head. But he said, no, I want you to put it on the doorpost. Why? I believe it's because at this time, this year, on this day, when the number came up again, the door came up again, it was the year of the door. 
we would realize that God is saying to us, go back to the blood. The bride of Christ has to go back to the blood. Why? Because the blood prevails. The blood of the bleeding lamb prevails. The blood that has power to save, just like in the olden days. It, the word tells us, and we've seen it proven over and over again. Are you sick? It's the blood. The blood provides healing for you. Are you lost? It's the blood. It's the blood that is my redemption. It's the blood that saves me and picks me up out of the pit and sets my feet up on the solid rock. It is the blood of Jesus. Are you in trouble? It is the blood of Jesus that will rescue you. You have chaos all around you. It's the blood of Jesus that will calm your spirit. It's the blood of Jesus that will silence the voice of the enemy. It's the blood of Jesus. Are you depressed and down and out and you don't see hope? You don't see help? It's the blood of Jesus. Jesus that brings you help. It's the blood of Jesus that provides hope to you. Or is your marriage in shambles? Is your family falling apart? It's the blood of Jesus that restores. It's the blood of Jesus that binds up together. It's the blood of Jesus that binds up our wounds and restores us back to wholeness. Are you confused? It's the blood of Jesus that will set you in your right mind. Are you having mental anguish? It's the blood of Jesus that will overcome your spirit and give you rest at night. Are you in bad health? It's the blood of Jesus. You can fill in the blank, friends. It's the blood of Jesus. You can call on the blood of Jesus. You can call on the applied blood of Jesus. When the blood of Jesus is applied, that's when things change. The church has got to get back to the foundations of the blood of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus that still has its power. There is power in the blood of the lamb. I don't know about you, but here I am standing 30 years later after the blood was first applied to me, and I still need the blood of Jesus. I am still desperate for the blood of Jesus. I can't get up every morning without the blood of Jesus. I can't walk into work every day with, with peace in my heart and peace in my mind and face the things that I face every day without the blood of Jesus applied. The number four has another meaning. It has another meaning, and it has to do with things that are made. It's the world number. On the first day of creation, we see that God said, God saw, God divided, and God called in order to make it all happen. From that point forward, God uses the number four to represent things having to do with material creation. Or as in Matthew 24, 14 says, all the world. It says, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then, and then the end will come. That's why there are four elements, earth, wind, fire, and water. There's four regions, north, south, east, and west. There are four seasons, spring, summer, fall, and winter. There's four lunar cycles, the new moon, the first quarter, the full moon, and the third quarter. And there are four divisions of the day, morning, noon, evening, and night. Isaiah 11 and 12 says, he will set up a banner for the nations and will assemble the outcast of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the corners, from the four corners of the earth, meaning from all parts of the earth. So, if we look at the year 5784 through the lens of the prophetic, this is what the Lord is telling us, I believe. We have grace and perfection in him to enter into new beginnings through doors that the Lord is opening even to the four corners of the earth. 
Now you can think about that for just a minute because that's going to mean something different for each one of us. Receive that word. Receive that word. I'm going to read it to you again so that you can receive that word. It says, we have grace and perfection in him to enter in to new beginnings through doors that the Lord is opening even to the four corners of the earth. That is a promise to us. We're moving over into an atmospheric anointing, the surrounded presence of God, and he's going to open doors for you. He is opening doors even now as I speak. We might not see them, but they're going to become evident to us. And now you have wisdom and knowledge and understanding to know if you need to walk through that door or not. He's going to begin to open the door of your mouth so that you might prophesy. He's going to begin to open the doors of our ears that we might be able to hear the voice of the Lord more clearly. And we have to lean in and listen to that voice and listen for that voice. So at this time, we're going to go ahead and um, pray. And, um, you know, I always struggle in this area because I I typically like to just find my own private place to pray. Um, But we're going to go ahead and stand. And if you want to come and find a place to pray, you can do that. Or we're going to pray corporately. And this is how we're going to pray tonight. I want you to pray and ask the Lord to give you wisdom and help you to operate in the gift of discernment that you might recognize the doors, that you might recognize the doors of invitation to revelation and intimacy and opportunity, that you might begin to recognize those doors and that the doors of salvation that your family members and your loved ones would be compelled to walk across that threshold and that we would be the light that they need, that we would be the witness that the world needs in this day and in this hour as time comes to a close. So let's pray over those things. And we're also going to pray. You know, I'm never going to get up here without praying over our nation. We've got to pray over our nation and pray that the Lord gives you wisdom to allow him to close the doors that need to be closed. And we're not going to be angry when he closes them. We're going to be thankful and appreciative. So go ahead and find you a place to pray, or you can stand and pray wherever you're at. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for the revelation of the gospel. Father, I thank you for your presence that is with us. I thank you that you have revealed mysteries to us tonight. I thank you, Father, that you have opened our eyes and our ears, that we might see and that we might hear and that we might draw close to you, that we might know you, Father, intimately, God. Lord, we draw to you tonight, Father. We draw nigh to you in your presence tonight, Lord, that we might love up on you tonight corporately, Father. Lord, help us, God, to bind together with you, Lord. God, that our hearts would be in alignment with you, Father. Lord, I just, Lord, let there be a spirit of repentance among us, God, that that we would not withhold anything from you, Father. Lord, I just pray that you begin to search our hearts and know us, God, that you begin to cleanse us and sanctify us, Lord, that we might be consecrated to you, Lord, that we might be separated from this world, Father, and set apart unto you, God. Lord, that the evidence of your presence, Lord, would be upon us 
us, God, that we might be light, Father, in the midst of darkness, God, that we would be bold in our walk and our testimony for you, Father. God, I'm just asking, Lord, that you give us wisdom, Father, as we cross over the threshold of the doors, God, that you are opening, Father. Help us, God, to walk through the doors, Father, that you have assigned to us, God. Spirit of the living God, we honor you tonight, Lord. You are alive, Father. Lord, you are alive, Lord, and because you live, we can live also, Father. Lord, you have given us freedom, Father, to worship, freedom to honor you, Lord. Let us be unashamed to worship and to honor you with radical praise, Lord, and radical adoration, Father. God, I just thank you for grace. I thank you, Lord, for the precious shed blood of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for the gift of salvation. I thank you, Lord, that you are doing a new thing among us, God. I thank you, Lord, for the new year that we are that we are crossing over into, Father, for new revelations, God. Lord, we bless you in this place, Father. We bless you, Lord. I thank you, Father, that we are alive, Father, for a time such as this, that we get to witness what you're doing in our nation, Father. Lord, I thank you that we get to be a part of it, Father. Help us, Lord, as the bride of Christ to rise up in these last days, Lord. Each one of us, God, taking our positions, Lord, taking our positions with boldness, Father, to do what you've called us to do, to go where you've called us to go, to be what you've called us to be, Father. Lord, you, your spirit, God, has ordained our steps, Lord. Let us, Father, stand up, Lord, with righteousness, God. Lord, armed, Father, God, with your spirit, Lord, that we might stand against the darts of the enemy, Father, that we would conquer, Lord, the enemy, God. Lord, that we would tear down the walls that the enemy has set up against us, Father. Lord, you have made us victorious, God. You have crowned us with victory, Father. I thank you, Lord, that you have made us victorious, Father. Lord, I just glorify the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, that you have made provision for us. I thank you that you have made provision for this church. You have made provision for this body. You have made provision, Father, for our families and our homes and our children, God. Let us walk in it, God. Let us believe for it, God. Let us return back to you, Father. Blessing and honor and praise, Lord, that you would be glorified. That the kingdom of heaven, Father, would be expanded God enlarge our territory I pray Lord enlarge our territory God let this body of believers father be a body that would walk and operate in unity God Lord let our eyes be open father let us be aware let our spiritual senses be keen and sharpened father let us be aware father God of the tactics of the enemy God let us not be foolish Lord but let us God keep our lamps full of oil father God we're calling upon the name of the Lord tonight you are able you are mighty you have called us God to be mighty warriors for the kingdom of heaven's sake Lord oh we call upon you tonight Lord you have equipped us for battle God you have equipped us Lord for battle thank you Lord we thank you Holy Spirit I thank you Lord I thank you Lord Oh, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for the spirit of revival. I thank you, Lord. Father, fill us, Lord, with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, Lord. Lord, let a new fire begin in us, Lord. Let a fire, let there become flames of fire, Lord, that would spark within us, God. Lord, let us be fire starters, God. Let us take the word of the Lord and the spirit of the living God with us, Lord, that we might begin to minister, Lord, and let the fire, Lord, let it not burn out, God. Let us keep the fire burning, Lord. 
Oh, hallelujah to your name, Jesus. We magnify you in this place, Lord. Let everything that is done here be done to glorify the mighty name of Jesus. Let your good and perfect will be accomplished in us and through us, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, we pray for revival in our city. I thank you. I thank you for what you're doing among us, Lord. I thank you, Father. We stand, Lord, in the gap against, Father God, poverty. We stand in the gap tonight, Father, against sexual perversions, God. We stand in the gap tonight, Father, against addiction, Father. Lord, we know, God, that you, Father, have made a way. You have already made provision, God. We know that you are the rescuer and you are the deliverer, Lord. And I thank Thank you for it. I praise the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I just cover our nation tonight, Lord. Father, we stand in the gap, Lord. And Lord, what, what that means, God, is we stand, Lord. Oh, Father, we stand, Lord, believing God for the need, God, to be met, Lord, on behalf of those, Father, that are struggling. We stand in the gap tonight, Father, on behalf of a nation, God, that is dying, Lord. We stand in the gap tonight, Father, on behalf of a sin-sick nation, God that has turned its back against you, God. Lord, I just repent on behalf of our nation tonight, God. Lord, I'm asking God that you would restore our nation, God. Let restoration flow, Father, through this land, God. Bring us back, Father God, to our biblical base, Lord. Bring us back to our biblical values, Father, that we would once again be known as a nation that serves you and that honors you, God, as a nation that goes to the four corners of the earth declaring the gospel of Jesus. Lord, let us be bold in our witness. Let us be bold in our walk, Father. We will not relent, God. We will not relent, Father. We will not be distracted, Father, by the darts of the enemy, God. But we will stand up, Father, in this day and in this hour and declare what thus saith the word of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah to your name, Jesus. We bless you in this place. We bless you. We honor you. We are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. And we will not be silenced, Father, by the works of the enemy, God. Let the remnant of God rise up and make us strong and mighty. Lord, let us be a people that would put the enemy on defense, Lord. Let us be an army that would bind together, Lord. Arm in arm, Father, and move forward on the front lines, Lord, to put our enemy on defense. Let there be a fresh outpouring of your spirit. Let there be a fresh anointing. Let the oil of the Lord fall fresh on us. Fill us with new oil. Give us courage, Lord, to walk through new doors. Make us strong and courageous. We will not be ashamed of the gospel. We will not be afraid of the unknown. We will not walk in the spirit of fear for you have not called us to a spirit of fear, but you have called us, you have given us 
a spirit of love, self-control, and a sound mind. And we will walk in it. Strengthen the bride of Christ for the hour that we're in. Let us not be ignorant, but let us have wisdom, spiritual wisdom and divine revelation. Be exalted, oh God. Be exalted, oh God. Be exalted, oh God. Hallelujah to your most holy and righteous name. You are holy. You are holy. Holy is the Lord. Hallelujah. Be exalted in the earth and do in us, with us, and through us whatsoever you choose. We are your willing vessels. Fill us, Lord, so that we might pour it out for your name's sake. You are welcome in this place. You are welcome here. thank you for your sweet spirit. I thank you for the hovering of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for the manifestations of your presence. I thank you that you are gentle with us tonight. words be seasoned with kindness and compassion. I thank you, Jesus. Let all that is done here and abroad be done to glorify your holy name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord.